0: Tom Kissingberry here. Nah, I'm just kidding. We don't have Tom Kissingberry money. It's just me, Peter Howard, and Jake Anderson meeting at the Dynasty Crossroads once a week for 30 minutes to talk about one player at a time. We look at the film with Jake, we talk about the analytics with me, and we try to come to a consensus. We do have a pretty cool theme song, though. Peter crunches numbers and Jake just that tape.
1: Did you know Greta Thunberg is just being brainwashed by the socialists in school to, and, and, and is part of the climate change hoax?
2: That's the big Irish. John McLean.
0: You know, I've been sitting around all day reading this book. It's about anti-gravity. It's impossible to put down. <laughs> <laughs> to <it>.
2: uh... <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> That's one of those derailers. (laughs) Um, What am I doing? Uh, I am John. (laughs) I am John, living in a world of suck. Hogan, this is a Superflex Super Show. Welcome back, super friends. Week three of the NFL season is in the books. And we have the list of players that we have nothing to do that we have no idea what to do with, has only grown. So while while we all deal with these problems, while well, we all try and figure out what are we doing with these, with these players for fantasy purposes, we figured we'd go ahead and attack it. Got Stompy back on the show to argue with me about some stuff. We got John McGlynn to be the voice of reason. So we might as well just get down and dirty with these players and try and figure out What the hell are you going to do with them both in redraft and dynasty? So boys, we're just going to jump right in here and just work our way through this list of players who have us just total at a total loss right at the moment. And we've got to start with the, I I, we all kind of agreed off air that this is going to be the hardest one. So let's just get after it right now with Stefan Diggs. What are you doing with Stefan Diggs both in redraft and it, we we can probably skip the dynasty part. I you, you're you're holding on to Diggs in dynasty. I there's not much else you can do there. But in a redraft, league, what are you guys going to do with Stephon Diggs?
0: I'm going to uh, weather the storm. I'm uh, it's not, this this can't go on forever. This he's playing almost all the snaps. Uh, I mean, eighty uh, percent, seventy, you know, pretty close to 85 percent of snaps almost every game. So he's on the field. I, the first week he did, I mean, he had some he had a touchdown call back. He had some throws uh, sailed on him. Uh, I know he only officially recorded like a couple, of two snaps for like forty yards, but it's uh He's um, you, you got to keep him. You got to weather the storm. Uh, at least wait a couple weeks
2: anyway. That's what so, I'm thinking. So he's your anti gravity wide receiver.
0: <laughs> you can't. Yeah, uh, I, I couldn't. It would hurt my heart to trade Stefan Diggs away. It's. I know what his potential is. I know what what I expect from him. I, I you know, and this ha- this happens all the time. And the worst part about it was, or would be, is as soon as I traded him, they'd start passing a little bit more, and I'd sit back all the whole year long and watch Stefan Diggs catch six passes for eighty five yards and two touchdowns the rest of the season. That's just my luck.
1: I honestly like it. it feels like he has to break through at some point, but then again, I look at the stats for Minnesota um, and we knew that we knew that they were going to be, they were going to run the ball more. We just didn't know how much more currently they rank dead last and run to, or it's either last or first and run to pass ratio. So they, they pass the ball 39% of the time, run the ball 61% of the time, at least thus far. Um, So it's just, and and it's three games, and it's not like he's had the worst matchups in the world. I mean, he had the the Falcons in Week One, which their secondary is not fantastic. Uh,
0: Green Bay, Week Two.
1: Yeah, and I mean Green Bay. Green Bay's they have a decent defense, so that that one is like, well, and that had just happened to be his best game too, which he had what he caught one of two targets for a touchdown, something like that, yeah, maybe fifty yards. And then uh last week uh he played they played against Oakland and again pretty cake matchup in terms of defense there. And I three three targets or something like that for 15 yards. So it's just one of those things where it's like nobody, I mean, usually the lowest the lowest run of pass ratio is 50 50. And like I said, 39 it's 39 to 61 right now. So I have – and that's in percentage. So I have to believe that they regress towards the mean here. Start throwing the ball a little bit more. But they are also three or two and one when running the ball first. And Dalvin Cook looks awesome. And Kirk Cousins has looked – like just not good. He is the QB 25 currently
2: (laughs) –
1: no, I'm not that's not the point. <laughs>
2: no, it's not it's the, always the point. It's never yeah. that
1: was never the point. He had you have to admit he has not looked good thus far.
2: Yeah, I mean without really throwing the ball.
1: Right, yeah. right. And then but so he, like I said, he's QB twenty-five in fantasy, he's had the 28th, uh, or he ranks 28th in pass attempts. So I think they will regress towards the mean. I think that this might be a a more volatile season for Stefan Diggs, So you may get boom bus games and we've seen three busts in a row. I think at some point they're going to have to throw a little bit more. Unfortunately, they face the Chicago bears this week. So it's not a good matchup there either. But then again, uh, they don't stop the or the the Bears stop the run pretty well, and they may the Vikings may may need to throw more. So, I think I'm with I'm with uh, John McGlynn here in that I have to keep him because he's one of the most talented route runners in the game, and I, I have to believe that they're going to use him at some point.
2: So the, the the here's the tough part for me is is Dalvin Cook's workload does not feel sustainable. Now I I know that. Alexander Madison has also been equally or close to it in effectiveness. But I, I mean, you just you run the risk of wearing these running backs out the more you run them like this. So this is where it's it. Yeah, again, it's it's feeling like Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen, both and and, you know, in a super flex league to a lesser extent, Kirk Cousins. These are all guys that you have to just hold on to and and wait for this to even out a little bit. Uh, but I guess my question to you guys would be: if Dalvin Cook were to go down, this is something we talked about yesterday on the the Superflex SOPs show, uh, talking about Alexander Madison primarily uh, on on waivers. But if Dalvin Cook were to go down, what is your best guess as to what this split looks like? Does it stay? At that, you know, 60 40 type of split, or do we start to see this even out a little bit? I don't think that they can sustain that.
0: Alexander Madison is not the same player. Um, that's you just can't. i, I mean, Alexander Madison is good, but we don't really know how good he really is. So they, they're gonna have to go like, uh, you know, probably be 15 or 20% right off the bat, uh, throwing the ball more than the way they're the ratio of running the running the passing right now. There's no way they could just say, okay, pl- we're gonna plug Alexander Madison in and nothing's gonna change. That's that's not the way it's gonna happen.
1: Yeah, I fully agree with that. I mean Dallin Cook arguably was arguably the best running back to come out of that 20, was it 17 class? Um and and I just I mean Alexander Madison's looked good in his, his um small role, his his um small percentage of those um are running back touches in Minnesota, but uh he he probably gets less I mean he does get less efficient with more touches as most running backs do. And like like John said, he's just not the same athlete. Uh so or in or running back. So yeah, I I mean I would I would have I think they would move back to throwing the ball a little bit more like they they just paid these guys too that's the big thing here is they've paid these guys like top wide receiver money and you're not using them whatsoever and feeling feeling hasn't been doing anything either i mean he has three touchdowns which have saved him but other than that he's not being targeted either like this past this pass offense just has not looked good the first three weeks so yeah but i mean if cook goes down uh I would expect an uptick, or I would I would expect a switch over to a more uh, pass-heavy offense.
0: Yeah, there's Madison's got like a five and a half yard per carry ratio right now. That's not sustainable. He's just coming in and and right, just to you know, he's coming in to give breathers out, and that's it. But he's just coming in the right times. But there's no way he's gonna go in there and keep up a five and a half yard per carry statistic line. So.
2: So with all that being said, then I, I, can we really expect for this, this split to remain, even if Dalvin cook is healthy? I mean, no. it's, at some point you have to start to think, all right. It, I, I mean, we, we've, we know what this is going to look like. If Dalvin cook goes down, James brain, isn't here to defend the position that Dalvin cook is in fact going to get hurt because he's injury prone. Uh, but I, I, I think that we should probably somewhat address that. I mean, it's, it's, I don't think that it's, that it's predictable with him, but I think that the, I mean, the more workload that you give a running back, the more likely they are to get hurt. We, we just, you know, that that's just pretty common logic. So, you maybe know they're
0: what? maybe they're just setting the t- maybe they're just setting everybody up. there. run, 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 run. So the defense come in to expect to st- uh, to to stack the box, and then you are going to come out one day and they're going to throw the first fifteen plays of the game. You know, just to kind of throw people off. I don't know how they're setting this up. You know that that's if if he thinks that that they're going to run the ball this many times every game, that's there is no way that's a, that that game plan would ever work for any team.
1: By by the way, their so their strength of schedule for running backs, the first four weeks is ranked ninth in the league, but for remaining games right now they are ranked uh twenty or sorry, hold on. Um they rank twenty-first in running back strength of schedule, and they rank eighth in wide receiver strength of schedule um for the remaining games. So Jeez. It lightens
2: up a ton for, yeah. for the for the quarterback and the wide receivers.
1: Right. So, I like I said, I mean, I don't think this is sustainable anyway, uh, like a, below 40% throwing the ball, when really the highest percentage or the l- highest percentage of runs you see normally is around 50%. So, I think there will be a positive regression in the passing department.
2: The bye week is not until week 12. By the way, that's a long time to be, you know, for Dalvin Cook to wait for a, for a rest when he's getting the type of workload that he's currently getting. So I just all of this to me points to, like you just said, Stomp, I mean, the fact that – the the at least the idea that at some point they're, this is going to have to balance out. They're going to have to start throwing the ball for so many reasons, logistical, uh, strategic, um, all, all of the – and then, of course – if Dalvin cook were to get hurt. Um, so for all these reasons, I mean, if it feels like Stephon Diggs is, is a hold, um, he's, uh, he, he's gotta, he's gotta bounce back. I, I, I wonder to what extent I suppose, but, uh, I mean, I think that wide receiver, you know, a wide receiver to the rest of the way, uh, that shouldn't be too ambitious, right? <sighs> receiver two, is is it? asking, damn. It's asking a little bit much for
0: somebody who's only getting three passes a game.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not pushing that, but I, I do believe that he will be a a wide receiver two for the rest of the way. I think both of them will, both Thielan and Diggs will. But yeah, asking him to be wide receiver one's a little bit rough.
2: Yeah. Okay. Uh, next guy. Let's uh, we'll we'll get through some of these a little bit faster. I felt like that one needed a little extra time, but. Next up is oh man, uh, the electric playmaker Chris Carson, uh, the elect
1: I, the electric fumbler Chris Carson.
2: That I, I tweeted the other day uh, that he's the electric bench warmer, um, powered by fumbles. Yeah, it's uh, it's really disappointing right at the moment. But I'll let you guys start. Um, how how you guys feel about the situation with Chris Carson?
1: I, here's the, I mean, the big thing is, and it uh, he's looked good, except for he, he seemed to lose confidence at the end of last week, but he has four fumbles in three games here, two, including two in week three. So uh, it's it's rough and it's not like Rashad Penny's looked awful. He looked good in week two. He's been injured. Uh, so uh, I I think that Penny will start to get a little, a few more touches. I mean, uh, Pete Carroll has already said that they will continue to give Chris Carson the ball because they still believe in him. But I mean, w- we know Pete Carroll's history with player news and such, and and I, I just think that uh, Rashad Penny will start to get more touches here uh, moving forward.
0: I, I, Do we have? Our, was our expectations too high for this season for Carson coming in because? You know, he was gonna catch the ball more, he was gonna run the ball, but he's gonna be the only guy touching the ball. It was you know, everybody saying his praises like we were expecting this number one R B one all season long kind of stats from this guy. And maybe we expected too much, but at the same time, you know, fumbling four times in three games, that's it's inexcusable. So I don't know. I didn't I didn't have Carson on the same pedestal as everybody else did. So I not, but I wasn't expecting all the fumbles either.
1: Well, and and I think you have to take into account he was the RB fourteen in fourteen games last season, despite only receiving twenty four targets. So yeah, I mean, when you get the news that he's going to be involved more in the passing game, and in week one he absolutely was, then you get excited about it. And and I I don't I think people were thinking RB one, maybe not like top five or even top ten, but an RB one, which. Isn't a gigantic leap from what he did last season. Uh so I don't know if we put too much pressure on him. I mean, I, obviously I liked him. I have him in a ton of places. John loves him.
0: Um, where he was where he was at on draft boards, you know, when they first started coming out like May, June, like you know, where everybody had him ranked at. And you know, when up until draft, I mean he moved up a ton.
1: I would be- I mean, I would say that he was probably he was going late rb1 like 10 to 12 at most that at its at his peak and even i'm probably a lot lower than that and i would have to look up the adp over time but yeah i don't i don't know if people really put him on a pedestal i think it was a a sensible leap in in what they thought was going to be um a more usage but yeah I, I, at this point honestly i'm i don't know if you can sell him um I'm, I'm probably keeping them around, uh, on dynasty teams, redraft. Uh, it depends on what you're trying to sell for. Like if somehow you could sell Chris Carson for carry on Johnson, I would do that in a heartbeat.
2: I could see that. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would probably do that one, but I, and I'm, I'm still not really into the idea of selling Chris Carson, but I mean, I, I feel like at that point, you're you're. I think you're upgrading for one thing. I think Carry On Johnson is a buy right now, uh, but yeah. we're gonna get to him in a minute. Uh, I, I I it it's for me it's not even the fact that you're trying to to move on from Chris Carson and and try and extract as much value as you still can before it completely bottoms out. I it for me that move is is that's an upgrade. That's um that's. More buying low on carry on than it is selling high on Carson. Um, I, I I'm not actually- right. I'm
1: the the point. I mean, I don't think in a, in a in if both were playing well, I don't think you would be able to pull that off. I think people would stick with carry on. Yeah. But I think carry on's value right now is lower than Carson's because we've seen Carson really actually do. Well, in in redraft, I I suppose in dynasty it's a little bit different, but in redraft I think
2: so. Um, Even then, I mean, people are pretty freaked out about this. Uh, again, four fumbles in two weeks, uh, three of them lost and and benched both times. Um, it, it's it's I I don't I don't know if people would would be willing to take that on.
1: But you're you're also talking about a. Running back and carry on that has 48 rushes for 126 yards, a 2.6 yard per carry average, and has only been targeted six times despite Theo Riddick being gone.
2: Yeah. But he's on the field. That's, that's I mean, but he's not, though. That's the big thing.
1: Like, he's not on the field as often as people want him to be.
0: Uh, I don't have a yeah, He snap had seventy-seven percent of, of the snaps. We had quarter, have him, but he 40. had
1: 50, he had 57, 54, and then he had seventy-five last week. But those mm-hmm. first two weeks, I mean, Ty Johnson's on the field twenty percent of the time. Uh, obviously, he's taking more snaps than or, now that CJ Anderson's gone. But now you have Paul Perkins. I don't know who Nick Baden is. I'm guessing that's the fullback. I I, I would think. Maybe maybe they're at similar values, but I think people are more freaked out about carry on. But I do think that people are also jumping on that uh, s- buy low um, in in carry on. Hmm.
0: Okay. I keep hearing CJ Procy is getting thrown all over the place. Like, so he's someone to pick up, but I don't. Yeah, see after
1: that. he shatters his collarbone or whatever, breaks another bone.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I I mean, I just think that the fumble issue is is a lot it's it's more high profile than what you know people have been going through with with carry on johnson but uh I, I don't know i mean if you can make that move i i think that you still do it and that's coming from somebody who i i mean i'm willing to to at this point i'm willing to buy chris carson i i think that you can buy him pretty low right now
0: oh, um, yeah, I i'm cool. certainly
2: not selling him um i i and, I st- I keep coming back to the way they ended the season last last season with you know him getting he's in the neighborhood of seventy five percent of the snaps the carries the the touches he was over a hundred yards in in like three straight games to end the season um, touchdowns in every every single game they they just trust him more they still they still do despite the fact that he's lost some fumbles I I just. I think it's going to take a lot to shake that. So, and, and this is something that, you know, every, every year, I feel like we see one of these guys just struggling with it. And then you hear the story about, yeah, he's, you know, he's carrying around a, a football everywhere he goes now uh, just to practice, hanging on to it. And like now he's carrying a medicine ball. Like that's, that's his workout is he's carrying a medicine ball. Like that's the problem. He doesn't have enough strength in his forearms to stop fumbling. But like they, they, they always, this is always part of that news cycle and it happens every single year. And, and they, you know, they spin it, they put the PR spin on it. And next thing you know, the guy is still in the, in the lineup and he's still carrying the ball and he stops fumbling. And it had nothing to do with the fact that he carried the ball to the, down to the mailbox and back but it's it's just something that that they're able to correct and i i think that that's coming for chris carson as well and i just i i think that they they I, i i think that there might have been some game script involved as well um this past week at least uh the there's also the fact that this seattle offense this passing offense has been uh, it, it, it's been a lot more effective, and there's been a lot more volume to it than than we kind of expected. Yes. But, um. It the this is all of this plays in. I I don't think it's as cut and dry as oh Chris Carson fumbles a lot now, so we got to you know his his story's over. This is this is where it ends. I don't think that that's the case at all. Um. I I. I think that we could probably temper expectations a little bit, but yes, he's still an electric playmaker. And I think that there's still a, I think there's a buy window here. That's my, that's my personal opinion on it. How about the, so the wide receiver position in Cincinnati. So John Ross is off to a hot start. AJ Green is uh, he's, so he's ruled out for week four, uh, but I believe he's getting back into practice this week. Uh, so with a possibility to return in week five and uh, I I think let, let's actually start with John Ross, like take AJ Green out of the equation. And I'm I'm curious what you guys are are doing with John Ross right at the moment.
0: He's on the field. I mean, it's he's mm-hmm. he's been on the field for almost every play. It's uh started out a very boomy, a lot better than everybody expected. Last week he didn't do too well. Um but uh it's
2: I don't I, so I don't have it in front of me, but I'm I so I I did a a, a Sunday morning start sit show and I was I was talking about that you want to bench John Ross because I believe that he saw Tredavius White a ton. Yeah. Uh tra, you know, Tredavius White does not venture into the slot. That's why Tyler Boyd ended up with a with a pretty decent game.
1: Well, I I wouldn't I I mean, starting really anybody against the Bills is probably a recipe for disaster. Anyways, so I mean I don't think he was a good start anyway. Despite the cornerback he was playing, so I, I mean I agree with that, but um, I don't think I don't Dalton wasn't a good start last week. Um, neither was John Ross. So mm-hmm. uh, that's something you just have to take into account how good that defense was
2: yeah yeah definitely i I guess the other problem with John Ross though it wasn't just that he was completely rubbed out by Tredavious white and by that secondary there's also drops are kind of becoming a problem right that's that is that a big part of the concern here uh wh- what is the concern for you guys I guess um is, is it you know AJ green looming is it? the The production feels unsustainable. Is it the drops? Is it the you know the matchup dependence?
0: Uh, I don't. I'm, I'm not thinking Green's coming back week five. I'm. I, I think it's gonna. It's gonna be a little bit closer to the the week nine bye when he's coming back. He, AJ Green's got notorious for foot injuries. they are not gonna rush him right back on the field as soon as he gets a boot off. So I'm. Thinking Ross is going to have a couple more games to prove himself. This might have been just a bad week, but I don't think it's. If you expect the production like he had week one, you're, you know, you're, you're going to be misled. You know, I could see that. I could see uh, maybe four or five receptions for fifty yards, maybe sixty yards, maybe a game, but not you know one hundred seventy or whatever he had and two touchdowns week one. That's not going to happen.
1: I mean, I, I think – so you have to take into account, like John mentioned, the snap counts. I mean, he's on the field. He played 100% of the snaps last week. Uh, here's a weird one. Auden Tate played 89% of the snaps. So, Yeah, he did. Maybe a waiver wire claim. I don't know. Uh, da- I mean, Damian Willis – I was Damian Willis injured, I'm guessing?
2: Must have been, yeah.
1: But uh, um. I. the other aspect of this is that Zach Taylor comes from that – Sean McVay coaching tree and they use a lot of 11 personnel and I said this I believe before the season started that the Bengals could be a a poor man's version of the Rams and that they have when when AJ Green is healthy they have three legitimate wide receivers like the Rams they have a three down running back in Joe Mixon like Gurley uh, and and you're starting to see it where they're they're starting to play a ton out of eleven personnel. So, regardless of if Green comes back healthy, and stays healthy, Ross is still going to have a a uh, role on this team as like that deep Brandon Cooks over the top guy. And so while while I agree with John that you can't expect what he did in those first two weeks every week. I, I still think that he's worth buying, and if people are selling off a little low because of last week's game, then I would be buying him because I don't believe that AJ Green's going to stay healthy the entire season. He's just had too many issues with that foot, and John Ross has already stepped up into that role, so I think John Ross has a role, probably more as a wide receiver three moving forward, but you need those in fantasy football.
2: I feel like I said that they were gonna be a poor man's No, I man. did. You
1: are not that smart.
2: And I, I guarantee I said that. I just no, don't know no, if I, I said it to you. I did. You're um,
1: just you're not that smart.
2: If I Fine. if I did, I, I also seem to remember you yelling at me about it.
1: I would never um, yell I would never yell at you about that when I thought that in the first place. <laughs> I'm gonna yell at you for trying to take
2: you, st- so you, you stole my idea, and then, oh my
1: god! And then I'm
2: yelled kidding. at me about it, and then thought about it, and was like, "No, that's yeah. a good point.
1: That's, that's how this now goes. I'm going
2: to make it my own." And uh, now you're yelling at me about that. Yeah, that's that's, that's the kind of story of my I hate, life. I hate you a lot. We haven't talked in like <laughs> three weeks. I hate. <laughs> you I know that's it's been too long. I missed you, man. Uh. It, so AJ Green had, I believe, a high ankle sprain. I don't think it was the foot, right? It was, uh, it was the ankle.
1: Was it the same ankle
2: though, or was it the opposite? I thought it was the opposite. Um, I and so it was. I, I tell you what,
1: though, foot and ankle issues, and this is me trying to cover my ass a little bit, but foot and ankle issues generally run across both feet. It's a genetics thing, but I'm probably just making that up. Ethan, you can laugh at me. I'm probably <laughs> just making that up.
2: Yeah, I, I was sitting here thinking, man, we need to get Ethan in here, like call him. He's probably in bed. He's he's sleeping right now. I don't care. Call him, <laughs> Ethan, <laughs> to explain this to us, because I mean, if it was a high ankle sprain, definitely there's there's degenerative issues for AJ Green, just kind of in that general area of his body. I, I get that. Uh, I, I don't feel like it's good process to to necessarily uh, just bunch them all together. So if it's a high ankle sprain, I mean, it just kind of is a blanket statement. We're finding out from Saquon Barkley that it's probably about an eight-week recovery time. Well, that's right around where we're at with A.J. Green. So uh, that, that return could be looming. That's all I'm saying. But I, I still don't know. at at the rate they're throwing the ball, which is disgusting to me as a mix in owner in so many leagues. I don't know if it's going to matter. I don't know if it's going to necessarily affect John Ross all that much. And like you said, Stom, I mean, there's a lot of 11 personnel there. They're they're, all three of those guys are going to be on the field a lot. So yeah, I, if it, if anybody's willing to sell right now on, on John Ross because he got shut down by Tredavious White, then go ahead and, and oblige them. <laughs> Allow them to to offload John Ross onto your roster. How about DJ Chark? He's off to a hot start. He looks like the top option for the Jaguars. DeeDee Dee Westbrook, again, dealing with some drops uh, that's kind of uh, affecting what we thought was going to be a breakout season. And DJ Chark seems to be the favorite target of Gardner Minshew. Uh, How do you guys – do you feel like that's sustainable?
0: I don't think we knew who the number one guy was going to be on this offense. Everybody thought it was going to be Diddy Westbrook coming into the season. Um, And uh, Shark kind of jumped out to the lead role here. Uh, You know, there was even questions if Chris Conley was going to be the guy here. So, I don't know what – I don't think anybody expected Shark to be the guy, especially what he did last year, um, which was nothing. But, well, he was hurt, right? So, um, I I'm pleasantly surprised. I, I he's a he's a big dude, so I I'm uh, I'm I'm happy with this. I, I, I with with if if, if Minshew likes him that much and he keeps peppering him with the ball, then I don't see Shark being slowing down too much. I mean I I'm this is sustainable I think. I mean it's he's only getting like six you know 5 6 targets a game he's so I'm I I could see this continuing.
1: Here I I think the issue is with quarterback. I I just don't I don't believe well they they might bring Foles back uh after his IR stint but I just I I don't if they're losing still uh, if they're they're going to have a losing record, I don't know if they would rush him back, especially if Gardner Minshew is doing so well. But the the issue here is that Gardner Minshew is a sixth-round rookie, and do you believe that he can sustain the success? And I and I do think Shark will be more boom bust moving forward. I mean, he's had three straight games with touchdowns, uh, but he, he's also playing in in seventy or more percent of the, uh, percent of the offensive snaps. So he's on the field. He's getting decent targets but I, I think he's going to regress a bit so he might be a sell high candidate right now but remember dj shark is a second round pick it's not like he's this is some undrafted guy coming out of nowhere like shark was selected as a as a second round pick for a reason and he has good hands uh he was just like john said injured last season he was also a rookie and he had he had some stuff to learn with route running, and it looks like he's taking a step forward this off season. But yeah, I, I I think there will be some hard times for Gardner Minshew, the rookie, and that will obviously affect the wide receivers. So I would expect a regression, a negative regression here, and it might be a sell high time for, for, especially for those guys like let's say with Diggs. If you could, and I'm not saying that this will happen. But if you could somehow sell shark for digs, because somebody doesn't believe that digs will wow. make it back. And I mean, and and I mean, be, let's be realistic here. It hurts. <laughs> if that is something that could happen because mm-hmm. of where shark is versus where digs is at, especially in redraft. I would be doing that in a heart. I, I would be doing that right away. I'd be, I mean, I'd be smashing except on that, but I do think shark is extreme is very valuable in dynasty right now too. So uh I wouldn't be selling to right away with shark because of he's only in a second season in, in dynasty.
0: He's big. He's big. He's fast. He's, I mean, he, you're expecting 15 yards of catch on a guy of a guy that size, you know, especially red zone targets because of, because of his leaping, you know, and, 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 uh, you know, height advantage. So I, I mean, the sky's a limit for the sky's a limit for a guy like this who you know gets the game so early in his career and has someone throwing to him that likes him, and they're able to to uh, you know if they're able to continue this, I mean, f- even if it's only four or five catches for 15 yards a catch, I mean it's it's a pretty good game for anybody. If you throw a touchdown every other, every other week, maybe it's not a bad deal for a wide receiver. I mean, it's like you said, you need wide receiver threes. I, I could see him being a high end wide receiver wide receiver three every week.
2: So they've got they're at Denver this week. they' the following week they're at Carolina, then they get New Orleans at home. To me, those are three, you know, New Orleans with Teddy Bridgewater, by the way. those are pretty winnable games. Cincinnati, the New York Jets. finally they get a, a game that's that's gonna be it's, it's a pretty tough one uh, yeah, but- at, even at home against Houston. Then they're at Indianapolis, at Tennessee, they've got Tampa Bay. They still have Oakland on the schedule. There's a lot of winnable games here. I I don't, it it, it makes me wonder if maybe Gardner Minshew can do enough to hold that job, which means that DJ Chark remains the the top option.
1: Right. I mean, I, I, winnable. I, what's winnable in terms of Jacksonville Jaguars, though? (laughs) The
2: Um. The Denver Broncos is a winnable game. No, no, I agree. I mean, I
1: agree with that. But in general, I I think uh, the Jaguars are just not a good team. I mean, Mm -hmm. you have guys like Jalen Ramsey trying to get off of the team. So, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's part of it, but I mean, sharks still, and I would have to, I would have to look at week one, but sharks still got targets Mm
2: -hmm.
1: from, uh, from from Foles, So it's not like, he wasn't getting targeted in in the that first game. I mean, it was only targeted a total of four times, but I think two of those came from Foles. Maybe 150. At least, small. at least a touchdown did.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But we can't really draw any conclusions from Foles because of
2: just small. Well,
1: just one small quarter, right? <laughs> one yeah. quarter of football. So yeah, I
2: totally I, I
1: still expect him to be involved, even if Foles comes back. It's just he has been very involved with Minshew.
2: So here's my question to you. On, uh, f- this one's particularly f- you, for you, Stomp, because, uh, again, at Denver this week, um, which is a, a team that you and I are both pretty familiar with, we both know that there's really kind of one guy in the secondary who can, who can take a wide receiver out of the game. That's Chris Harris. The rest well, of it is...
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it depends on if Bryce Callahan... Or, or uh, yeah, Bryce Callahan comes back this week.
2: Yeah, but yeah, yeah, and and I'm not I I I'm not expecting him to, but yeah, I mean, there's there's a possibility there that you get that guy back. But so you're the defensive coordinator. Uh, you're you're Vic Fangio here. Who who do you put Chris Harris on? And not I mean, from a fantasy I, standpoint, from an actual NFL standpoint.
1: Well, so from what I'm understanding of what Kareem where they're putting Kareem Jackson sounds like he's more nickel. So he probably on DD in those situations. I mean, I I think Harris has been playing that shutdown corner anyway. So I think it has to be. That's tough because I don't know. All of them are fast. All of them are good. I think it has to be sharp because he's the one that can hurt you the most.
2: Really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I feel like a couple of years ago, this, this is where this really kind of came up was a couple of years ago. The, the Rams had, you know, when they, they had Sammy Watkins and they had Robert Woods on the same team and, you know, Robert Woods for fantasy purposes was always the better player. He was far more consistent. Um, but Sammy Watkins was the guy drawing the tougher coverage because he's just, he's, he's the better athlete. He's the guy that you've, that you have to work a little harder to take him out of the game. So he would usually get the the tougher coverage. Right. And, it, it, and I think that this could be that type of situation where, you know, for fantasy purposes, we're seeing all this production from DJ Chark, and we just assume that that means he's the top option. He's the number one wide receiver in that offense. And I don't know if that's necessarily the case, and I think that it's important.
1: I See, I think he is I, with Minshew, but I think he's also the guy that will hurt any team the most because his yards per reception is higher than everybody else. Okay. But hey. with with Conley and Didi, it's just one of those things where it's like they still have three legitimate wide receivers on the field. I mean, Didi dropped two passes uh, last Thursday. One of them should have been a touchdown, but he was breaking open all the time and it was against a Tennessee Titans defense. that's actually pretty good. So it's kind of a pick your poison at this point. And I just, I feel like at least there'll be at least one deep touchdown to not somebody not named shark.
2: I don't know how any podcast talks about him without just breaking into the baby shark.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he's supposed to be, I, I think they drafted him as the Allen Robinson replacement. So I, I mean, it's,
2: yeah, yeah. They just, they, they did an awesome job of just kind of collecting these guys who are all the the same type of player, same type of threat real quick. Just want to tell you about FF mercenaries. A goal without a plan is just a wish. So stop wishing and start planning for your fantasy championship with the FF mercenaries. The fantasy football mercenaries love it when a plan comes together And this A-team of fantasy football minds is here to help you map out your path to fantasy glory. Whether you're looking for draft strategy during and throughout your draft, dynasty roster consultations, in-season support, alternate scoring navigation, or DFS expertise, the Mercs are here to help you develop and execute the strategy that will help you destroy your league. So sign up now for your one-on-one consultation with a strategic specialist for your unique and specific needs. Visit ffmerks.com and use the promo code SUPERFLEXSHOW for 10% off your first consultation. That's promo code SUPERFLEXSHOW at ffmerks.com where winning is the only option. Um, What about Terry McLaurin? Uh, this has he scored in all three games? First of all, I yes. think he has, right? Yes, he has. And and it's usually from distance, but I mean, uh, regardless, I mean, he's getting he's getting a uh, a good amount of the targets. Uh, it's a bad defense, so they're generally chasing points. Uh, do you do you feel like this is going to be sustainable for Terry McLaurin? You look good against the Bears. Yeah, um, and that's hard to do. Was that garbage time? I can't remember. I think I it mean, was, it was qu- late, yeah, quote
1: unquote dar- garbage time. They were still when they scored. They were within, I believe, one score at that point.
2: Yeah,
0: uh, he came out of nowhere, so I don't really, uh, you know. Well, they-
1: I mean, he had opportunity is the thing here. Like Paul Richardson's not the wide receiver one there. Uh, Quinn is not the wide receiver one there. So, and they got rid of Richardson. So he basically stepped or had that chance to be the wide receiver one. He's been on the field the most snaps of all the wide receivers.
0: Um, yeah. Again, Trey Quinn was supposed to be the uh, guy here this week that said everybody was targeting. That Trey was gonna come out of camp, be the guy, and McLaurin took it over, took the job over and ran with it.
1: Well, I wouldn't say that. I mean, Quinn is still the slot wide receiver, he's still getting targets, but he's he was never going to be quote unquote the wide receiver one. He's not a Julian Edelman type. Uh but I, and 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 I can't say for I can't say that I was expecting this from McLaurin. I mean, maybe with Dwayne Haskins, I would have, but he's looked legit in all three contests and and like he like. Like John said, he was good against the bears. He had eight targets for 70 yards and a touchdown. He He's had seven or more targets in every game. Uh, he had 125 yards, 62 yards, 70 yards. And he's for all intents and purposes, the wide receiver one for the Redskins. So whoever is throwing him the ball. And I think it's going to be hard to expect him to do better than what he has thus far with Keenum with uh, Dwayne Haskins. But I would I, I would suspect that Dwayne Askins looks his way more often than not because of their connection, their chemistry at Ohio State. But, yeah, I mean, volume is king in fantasy football, and this dude is getting a ton of volume right now.
2: Washington, meanwhile, is 0-3. And uh, so, you know, kind of along the same lines as what we were talking about with Gardner Minshew, some, you know, winnable games for – for the Jaguars that could keep him in that starting role. It it just does not get any, it, it doesn't get better for Washington from here. I mean, this week they're at the New York giants. I think, you know, there's an opportunity there. They still have Miami on the schedule, but beyond that, I mean, you're looking at new England, San Francisco, Minnesota, Buffalo. Those are, those are all going to be very tough teams for them to beat. So I think that Dwayne Haskins is looming. And I think that you can probably look at the week eleven, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, week ten by is probably where they make the switch. And I think that I mean if, if if it stands to reason that, you know, the productivity is gonna go down when you switch to a rookie quarterback.
0: Or when Darius Guys comes back
2: yeah yeah there's that too although man i i I wonder about that one i wonder if there's really any reason to bring him back off of ir in a lost season i don't i don't know why you waste the mileage on him you know but if that were to happen either way i mean they're gonna they're gonna lean on the running game like whether it's darius guys adrian peterson or somebody else uh bryce love that would be cool um He's God. on IR, too. Oh, man. Chris Thompson is the only Just, other option. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess they would sign somebody off the street, C.J. Anderson, something. Um, but anyways, I mean, I think that they're it, – it, it. at that point, it becomes pretty run heavy, and even when they do pass, your expectations drop pretty significantly with a rookie quarterback. So I guess the question becomes, you know, based on the fact that there's a pretty good chance here that Dwayne Haskins takes over at some point this season, and we know that that's going to affect everybody's productivity, including Terry, Terry McLaurin's. Are you are you thinking about selling high based on that?
0: Maybe in redraft, but definitely not in Dynasty.
2: Yeah, yeah, you, you don't... <laughs> Yeah, I think he's a hold in in dynasty for sure. I mean, that's gonna be that's gonna be a hell of a combo going forward with him and Haskins. Yeah,
1: the the thing that we probably need to take a look at is where where people were drafting him because I mean he's probably people's wide receiver four, wide receiver five in terms of ADP. And if you can upgrade something like running back for McLaurin, like get an RB two for McLaurin, I is in redraft I would be doing
0: that.
2: Yeah, it, even though the wide receiver position has been objectively bad so far this year, and and more not even bad, but pretty unpredictable, pretty volatile. You and know, what, we're what we're getting those is- we're getting those random games from guys like Demarcus Robinson, uh, rather than you know the guys that we drafted in the first two rounds to be the those stud wide receivers.
1: Yeah, but I would I would think you would you would expect positive regression from those guys that went in the first first through third rounds among wide receivers. Really? Uh, yeah. Cause like Deandre Hopkins hasn't been great. Devontae Adams hasn't been good. Uh, Michael, like,
2: Michael Thomas. I mean, how many of right. these guys though, do you, do you, are you expecting that just based off of their, their ADP and their reputation and how much of it like legitimately is going to regress positively? Well,
1: oh, I, I can't answer that because I can't <laughs> do it. Can't look into the future, John. <laughs> I what a weird question. No, it's not. Yes, it was. <laughs> it's not. It was a very weird question,
2: but it's not but, It's not a weird question. It was so, a weird question. It was a I weird answer to say that all of these guys are going to regress positively just because we drafted them in the first two rounds. I never, said, rounds.
1: That. I never you, said that. I never said
2: that. I said,
1: no, I'm talking about do you really do you really expect DeAndre Hopkins to stay what he's doing? Do you expect Devontae Adams to stay what he's doing? Like there are, I mean, Michael. No, No, I do not because they Why? (laughs)
2: Why?
1: What do you mean why? Because they are two of the premier off or or wide receivers in the game. They are in offenses that throw the ball uh, relatively well and they get large volume. And that's been true for basically each of the past three years. Patterns exist. Now I'm not saying that for everybody because guys like Stefan Diggs, I don't know. Guys like Adam Thielen, I don't know. But I expect those elite tier guys to come back around and and positively regress this season because awesome. they they are they are part of an or they're an, a, a, a central part of these offenses that are not going to succeed without these guys.
2: Oh, okay, but I mean, we're we're kind of talking about, uh, man. This one's tough for me. But Devonte Adams, I mean, I don't know that that's going to be a pass-heavy offense at any point. He only got four targets. I I, I mean, he he saw a lot of Chris Harris, but that's going to happen every single week. He's going to get the tough the toughest coverage. Uh, you know, Michael Thomas. All of a sudden, he's got Teddy Bridgewater throwing to him. He saved his. His game with a late touchdown, but I—I I mean, I don't know. I—I I, I have a hard time just trusting these guys off of name recognition that there's positive regression coming.
1: So you're telling me that you—I I just want to get you to say this—that <laughs> okay. maybe Aaron Rodgers doesn't have it.
2: Oh, I think Aaron Rodgers is fine. I just think. Oh, okay, so why
1: then would da- Devonta Adams not come back and? Dominate still.
2: Well, we're talking about two different things. Is, is no, we're not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are. We are. We're talking about can Aaron Rodgers still throw the ball versus will Aaron Rodgers still throw the ball? And the the answer is yes. He's still one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. But they also have a defense that allows them to to control the clock and run the ball. And rely less on Aaron Rodgers' ability to make those, to make those plays. There. Uh,
1: by the way, he had seventeen targets in the first two games. Mm-hmm. Week one, he did not have a good game. Neither did anybody in that game. Yeah, we, we had a fantastic game, and week three, he only got four targets. He's getting volume, except for last week.
2: Yeah, he had tough matchups. There's no yeah. doubt. But I'm mean, again. I mean, this is going to happen every single week. He's going to get Darius Slay. He's going right. to get Xavier he Roach. He,
1: he did last year. He, yeah. And he did fine.
2: And Aaron Rodgers, they were also, high. they were also throwing the ball a lot more last year.
1: Um, I don't think that's right.
2: So they were doing it with unsustainable volume. What do you mean unsustainable volume? Or unsustainable efficiency, I should say.
1: They threw the ball 56 per... Uh, that's not right. That's on. Uh, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. Okay, they did throw a ton last year. They threw the ball 68% of the time last season.
2: Yeah, and, and they're not going to come anywhere near that this year. But, I mean... Point they don't th- need to.
1: Well, right, but, but point still stands, though, is that Devonta Adams is going to continue to get volume... He is the only reliable pass catcher in that offense. Correct?
2: Nah, I don't... Well... Oh, no, is that... You do nah, for You for, do know. For fantasy purposes, I, I in would... general. I, I,
1: where's Jimmy Graham been the last two weeks? Uh, MVS disappeared last week. Geronimo Allison hasn't been there two out of the last three weeks. You cannot depend. The only person he can depend on is Devontae Adams. Uh...
2: I guess. I mean, MVS has been just as effective so far as Devontae Adams, if not more so. Uh, He caught one long ball last week. That's. Yeah.
1: I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs)
2: In uh, against Denver?
1: Yeah. He, like, he, he caught three targets in the first quarter for 76 yards and a touchdown. And then he was six for 20 or three for 21 the rest of the way.
2: That's still better than what Devontae Adams did.
1: Yeah, that's fine, but first and foremost, they didn't throw the ball a ton anyway because Denver's defense actually dominated that game. Mm -hmm. But, you, I mean, the previous two weeks, Devontae Adams had, like I said, 16 targets, 17 targets. He's getting volume. He just so happened to not get volume in one
2: week. Mm -hmm. MVS had... uh... Not as many targets, but he had they had the same number of catches. MVS had more yards against the Chicago Bears. I don't know. I, I, right now Marquez Valdez Scaling has the has the better stat line right at the moment.
1: Oh, so you're hold on. So you're gonna <laughs> I, I just want to make make sure of this, and we're derailing this podcast really
2: bad. <laughs> yeah, we you, had to find something you, to go after each other about.
1: You made the argument on Sunday that Jamal Williams had the better stat line, but Aaron Jones is the better player, correct? Yes. Did you just try and tell me that because MVS has a better stat line, that he has been he, he's he's as good as Devontae Adams or that he is as no. re- reliable as Devontae Adams?
2: Well, he's clearly is reliable. How is
1: he rely? I mean, he had three. He had three of five targets, and <laughs> because two he's been statist- nineteen
2: goddamn yards. Because he's been statistically better than Devonte Adams.
1: He's also been less consistent in terms of volume.
2: Okay, but what is Devonte Adams doing with that supposed volume? Well,
1: the one time that he had a good matchup and he got volume, he got over a hundred yards.
2: If
0: you think this is going to be the norm from now on that he's only going to get four targets or four catches, that's not going to happen.
2: And if
1: you think that Marquez Valdez-Scantling is going to get ten targets, that's not going to happen.
2: Okay, maybe. Maybe, but what I'm I'm telling you is at this point in the season, Marquez Valdez-Scantling has been more reliable than Devontae
1: Adams. He The crux of this argument is Devonta Adams will positively, re- positively regress because he's okay. a wide receiver one for one of the top five QBs in the league. He will positively regress. Right. He may not be nearly as productive as he was the previous three seasons, but I guarantee you he's still wide receiver one. Guess what? He's not even in the top 50 right now, I don't believe.
2: Right. Yeah. So
1: that's the point of this argument is Devonta Adams is in an offense that will throw him the ball, give him a majority of the – uh, or, or will give him the most target share, mm-hmm. much like DeAndre Hopkins will will positively regress as, as well. That was the point of this argument.
2: Well, it, it, it wasn't totally the point. And what I'm saying is it's not good process to just say these guys, we drafted them to be what uh, they're ultimately going to be when it, we haven't seen any evidence of that.
1: You mean beyond the past three seasons? With the quarterbacks that they currently have,
2: uh, yeah, I'm talking about the the past three weeks. I mean, That's uh, fine, If, if but... we're gonna start giving them credit for the past three seasons, then you know maybe we can we can give a little bit more credit to uh, trying to come up with a a good example here because Aaron Rodgers doesn't quite work, but uh, Matt Ryan maybe. Are are, are we That's just not good... gonna are we just That's gonna not not going to Julio it. Jones? Did you did you give up? No, no. <laughs> I'm looking at stats. This just this makes compare, no sense to me. That you're, that you're we're comparing it to gonna... Julio Jones and
0: and Matt Ryan. I mean, that's
2: mm-hmm.
0: that's not a good argument on your side. I don't think.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, anyways, so these guys are going to be better than Terry McLaurin, even though they haven't been. And you're going yes. to trade Terry McLaurin for these guys, even Absolutely. though, like, just. Uh, just just blindly trade him away yeah. for somebody that
1: for Devontae Adams, absolutely. One thousand percent I'm doing that.
2: Okay. So for DeAndre
1: Hopkins, one thousand percent I'm doing that.
2: Before the guy realized for, that,
1: Michael, I'm I'm, for Michael Thomas, I'm doing that one thousand percent. Like it's not it's not an argument. It's not a good argument. Mm-hmm. I had you have you have three weeks of data. I have three years of data. Which is the better sample?
2: The three weeks of no, this. it's not yes, it is. <laughs> Yes, it oh is. They don't get the points that they scored in 2018, 2017, 2016. Oh, the only Steve. thing I guess you should know that first, yes. the only thing
0: about that is it's going to average out. So I mean, he's not going to get the same stats he had last year, probably, but he's going to get nice couple in the next couple of weeks, you're going to see a big rebound. And he's going mm-hmm. to have awesome boom games.
2: Yeah. I, I'm all I'm saying is and I would make these trades too. I would give Terry McLaurin for DeAndre Hopkins in a freaking heartbeat. There's no doubt about that. I'm just saying it's not good process to just assume that these guys are going to positively regress. Hold on.
1: So, I mean, so what, what is the sample size then that you think it's okay to say that?
2: You're what, assuming if, the same thing.
1: So if they're having a one game, if they had a bad game in week one, are you saying that's still not good process?
2: I mean, one game is nothing, but... It,
1: three games is, is substantial.
2: Three it, three games, we're starting to see some trends.
1: Ugh, I, I can't. I'm done with this argument. This is something-
2: <laughs> you always say that, and yet a- I know that you're not. I I know that you're not. We just talked about this with Stephon Diggs and the fact that there's, there's an obvious trend with the Minnesota Vikings offense that they're not going to throw the ball. Are you just going to assume that those guys are all going to positively aggra- regress? But that's an
1: extreme example where they were throwing the ball 65% of the time last season. And now they're only throwing the ball
2: 39%. Okay. But that they're telling you what they want to do on offense. Yes. But that
1: again, we're, we're they basically flipped the entire script. That's mm-hmm. such an extreme example that I don't think it's a good example for guys like Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas. Mm-hmm. Because those guys have continued to get volume. The issue with Stefan Diggs as he's not getting volume. Mm-hmm. Neither is Adam Thielen for that matter. But when you and, and I would have to look at DeAndre Hopkins, but I mean, like I said, he Devontae Adams still has 21 targets. Um DeAndre Hopkins has 28 targets like they're just not they have not had good weeks the past or or in two of the three games, but their offenses are relatively similar to the point from last season or the last few seasons that I would expect them to positively re- regress. Yeah,
2: yeah. I, so I, I fully agree with DeAndre Hopkins, but this is what I'm saying is I think you've got to go case by case. I think that this is case sensitive because i i don't i i'm not willing to say and and again this is hard for me as aaron Rodgers' truth number one i'm not willing to just to say that blindly about Devonte adams when it looks to me like they want to win by playing defense and running the ball
1: but Devonte adams is still going to get the volume in this offense
2: uh, I, I, okay, but what does that look like? Is that still high-end? high, high end...
1: In the first two games. <laughs> is, that still,
2: <laughs> is that is that still going to be high-end wide receiver one production? Yes. <laughs> for, like for a fact?
1: I mean, right now, no, but from like let's say week four on, yes, I expect him to be a top five wide receiver.
2: Devontae Adams finishes as a top five wide receiver from week five on.
1: Week four well week four week four on.
2: Okay. That's all right. What I'm saying. Okay. I and, and I'm just not willing to take that step. That's what this is all about. I'm not willing to go as far as you are with it, just assuming that these guys are going to to, to fall back into what they've done over it, because there there is. There's a there's a big difference for Devontae Adams and it's it's Matt LaFleur. There's a big difference for Michael Thomas, and it's Teddy Bridgewater.
1: And yet, Teddy Bridgewater still gave him seven targets last week.
2: Okay, but he's, if he's not and completing and them. And
1: they, went, they went up on
2: very early. Okay, but if they're not completing these, why why are we just going to assume that they're going to start to?
1: He had 13 targets in week two mm-hmm. with a majority Teddy Bridgewater.
2: Okay. Like there's
1: no signs uh, pointing here.
2: Okay, all right. Uh, it, I, I, all I'm saying is, to me, I'm not willing to just assume that these guys are going to do it because they've done it in, in previous seasons.
1: But in redraft, that's how you should be valuing these guys. Like they, their value might drop a tiny bit. Because of well, the that's- start of the three weeks. But you should be va- – like you just put the example out there. Would you be trading Terry McLaurin for one of these guys? I absolutely – one million percent would be doing that in redraft right now.
2: Yeah. No, I would too. But I just don't I, – I don't like the process of just saying that because these guys are all going to end up being high-end wide receiver ones just like you drafted them to be
1: but there's not a better process right now than that
2: well i think sure i think that's why you he, draft them the way you do you did but but, that,
1: but i'm saying you are saying that these first 3 weeks should should give you enough data to say oh these guys aren't going to be good or these guys are going to be bad that's basically what you're saying correct
2: uh, very, very paraphrased, but I, I'm saying that these teams are showing you what they're going to do for the season, and by week three, we can start to to believe what's what's happening, the the way that they're going to run their offense.
0: When you panic sell a guy like Stephon Diggs in early in the season, that's how you lose fans football this season.
1: Yeah, I just again, Devontae Adams had 17 targets in the first two games. I don't know what. Trend you're looking at with guys like Devontae Adams that's going to tell you something that is going to be different beyond, oh, he didn't produce like we thought he should in the first three weeks.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, most of that came in the Minnesota game when he went over 100 yards on seven catches.
1: But he still had eight targets in week one.
2: Okay. <laughs> he only had four in week three. Yes. <laughs> so, so, which is it? Oh,
1: my God. Like that. So, so it's, I'm drawing conclusions off of his past. There's no conclusion to be drawn in the first three weeks, except for in extreme examples where Stefan Diggs has gotten like three, five, and three targets.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I think you're just trying to move on. That's why you're saying, mm-hmm,
2: yeah. I am. I am. I really just want to move on to the next right. Carry on. On. Next one. All right. What? Real quick redraft. What are you doing with Terry McLaurin? You're selling?
1: I, it, it it depends on what you, obviously what you can get for him. If you can get somebody like Stefan Diggs.
0: <laughs>
2: no, I'm not
1: kidding. If I can get somebody like Stefan Diggs, I might be doing that.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, okay. I'm testing the water. I'm throwing a chum out there to see what sharks come around biting.
1: But really, you shouldn't be doing a a one-for-one one swap inside the same position. I would be getting somebody like, if you could get carry-on because he people think are low on him right now for McLaurin, I would be doing that as well.
2: Okay, let's talk about carry-on. We'll use that as a segue. Uh, So, to me, by low window, he just got the most carries of his entire career, Mm -hmm. uh, very quietly, in in week three. It looks to me like it could be the start, that could be the start of a new trend. And that's the type of thing that I'm willing to chase. So, for me, I'm buying low on carry-on Johnson, but I want to know... How you guys feel about this? Uh, what twenty rushing attempts for forty yards at thirty six yards? Yep, yep. It's, uh, Very little yardage, definitely. But again, it was it was a it was a career high in carries for Ter- for Carry On Johnson.
0: Well, didn't he come out and say I don't want to be the lead guy? He does. I don't think he wants twenty five touches a game or twenty three touches a game. I don't think that was what. I, I don't think he's built like that. I don't think he's not not like physically built that way, but I don't think that he's mentally prepared to be a, the, the bell cow,
2: bell cow guy. He I actually think, said that, that he doesn't want to? Yeah. The hell is that?
0: I don't know where I'm going to find it at, but I don't know if I can find it right now, but he said he doesn't want to be a bell cow back. He's fine in a timeshare.
2: Well, and, and I don't think we need him to be a bell cow, but no. – you know, tw- you 20 a- to me, 20 carries isn't necessarily bell cow, especially. I mean, it, it he didn't get any targets. Uh, he got one target, uh, he caught it for seven yards, but that's that that's not a bell cow number to me. To me, bell cow means you're catching the ball, you're you're in on every down. Yeah, you're you know, you're doing you're getting the goal line work, you're getting the third down and long work, you're you know, you're you're involved in a passing game. Uh, not to mention the early down stuff.
1: Well, and and I mean, we, we've seen like guys like James Conner say, well, this is a committee backfield. I don't I don't I take that with a grain of salt. I think competitors want the ball in their hands. So mm-hmm. that's not something I'm reading into. Um, I agree here, though. I mean, carry on had 75 percent. saw 75 percent of the snaps uh, last Sunday. Like John said, he had his career high in carries. He didn't – he's not – his efficiency right now is absolutely garbage. I mean, he's running at a 2.6 yards per attempt clip. Definitely going to positively positively regress from there. They got rid of C.J. Anderson. We'll see what they do with Paul Perkins here. But I do expect carry on to uh, get a lot better efficiency-wise. Hopefully get involved in the passing game, but we'll see – but, yeah, I, I think he's definitely a by-low right now. He's probably one of the top by-lows right now, in fact.
0: Getting rid of C.J. Anderson, is that more of a faith in Ty Johnson thing or a uh, happy with carry on Johnson thing?
1: I I think it might have had something to do with off-field stuff. Um,
0: oh, okay. But I, I didn't hear that.
1: Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, Ty Johnson has been – Fine, I guess, but he's only seen 8 13 and thirteen right snaps. Uh so I, I think it's more of a faith and carry-on thing, but I don't think CJ Anderson was all that effective anyway.
2: Right. No. This also I believe are the Lions three and know Two and one, I believe. Two, oh, two and one. I believe um, they lost last week. No. No, they
1: tied, so they're two, oh, and one. Sorry.
2: Oh, that's right. Yeah, they had the the tie with uh, with Arizona. Arizona. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a somewhat tough division. Um, and beyond that, they still have Dallas on the schedule. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the, the big matchups are going to be uh, within the division with green Bay, Chicago, and Minnesota um, beyond that, a bunch of pretty winnable games. Uh, they get the AFC West and uh, Kansas cities this week. Um, that's, really the the toughest one out of that group as well um they already uh they already got the chargers out of the way so i mean this could be a playoff team or it, it, it's definitely going to be a team you know assuming health this is going to be a team that's going to be in the mix for a playoff berth for for a wild card uh, whether or not they make it is a totally different story nfc is pretty tough but i think that they're going to be in the mix and I, I i'm i don't have statistical basis for this just yet i'm i'm kind of working on this but i feel like the the running backs that you really want to chase late in the season going into your fantasy playoffs are those those teams that are going to be making that playoff push i feel like that's where they really start to lean on you know the the feature back and that's part of it for me with carry on Johnson. I, I, I don't know uh, for sure why you disagree with that stompy, but uh, I'll, I'll let you. Yeah. No, I, I don't disagree with that. Whoa. Okay. That was easy. <laughs> well, <laughs> then we're going to carry
1: a buy low. I mean, yeah. And they've been good thus far and they've kind of uh, flipped the script on, on everybody and that they've been throwing the ball a ton, which is it's nice to see, but I, I think that means that carry on will get more involved because it is a Daryl bevel offense after all.
2: Yeah, definitely. Okay. So we, we actually agree on one, so we might as well uh, just leave it in the past. So let's move on to Devonta Freeman. Um, This one, I'm, I, I got to be honest. I'm not totally sure what the concern. It, it, are you feeling like he's a buy low candidate? I I do. Uh, I yeah. Do. Okay.
1: Like he had very two very tough matchups in week one and two against Minnesota and against uh, Philadelphia. Uh, Minnesota ranks eighth uh, in in DVOA against the run. Philadelphia ranks fourth. Finally gets a good matchup last week against Indianapolis, who ranks thirtieth against uh, the run in DVOA. And what do you know? He has the best uh, efficiency game. This year, uh, he had 15, 18, 15 carries for 66 yards.
0: 16 for 88.
1: 16 for 88. That's what I meant. Um, and th- the other promising thing about this is a lot of people were on know Smith. know Smith only saw three snaps this game, whereas Devontae Freeman saw 55. He saw 90% of the sna- offensive snaps.
0: Yeah, but yeah. know, Smith got hurt. Oh, did he? Yeah, he had a concussion. He had to come out. Well, there you go. See Wait, who's yeah. who's the actual
1: injury prone one in that game
0: <laughs> or on that team
2: that
1: <laughs> suck it um, get out of here no but but i mean the point still stands is you're getting news from from atlanta that he, freeman looks healthy he's looked the healthiest he's been in the last two seasons uh, he's as quick as he's ever been he just had a rough start to the season and we knew that going in we sh- i mean we talked about strength of schedule Um, going in and his first four weeks were rough in terms of running back schedule and all of a sudden he gets a good matchup and sure enough he shows up and he just hasn't scored a touchdown yet and that is going to come here
0: if he can get out of these first couple weeks with you know decent stats which i mean i haven't really been decent besides last week but if he can get out these first couple of weeks with decent stats and with no injuries i think it's wheels up after that
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. So a tough matchup this week with Tennessee. Um, Houston is is, oh man, not that he's got, a, he's got a kind of tough schedule the rest of the way, though. Uh, that's that's my only concern um, with uh, New Orleans, Tampa Bay. See, New is, Orleans
1: has been giving up yards on the ground.
2: Is so it, they're they're ranked twenty uh, seventh. Um, meaning uh, what? Sixth best against the run for fantasy purposes. That's New Orleans, and then uh, Tampa Bay is thirty first.
1: But I mean, Devonta Freeman and or or sorry, Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson had a good game. Todd Gurley had a great game. Um, I mean, we we obviously heard about uh uh Chris Carson's game last week, um, but. I don't think New Orleans is nearly as good uh as those uh stats suggest. And
2: that's and that's what I was gonna ask you, because I also see Tampa Bay here, like I said, they're they're the second best team or the second best defense in terms of stopping the run uh for fantasy purposes. So I it does it makes me wonder if these are kind of some game script rankings here
1: maybe but i mean tampa bay has actually looked really good they faced good competition too i mean christian mccaffrey didn't have a good game on a thursday night saquon barkley when he went out only had he had eight carries for 10 yards Mm -hmm. uh the combination of coleman most certain Breda uh didn't have good efficiency whatsoever um so i think tampa bay's front seven are actually good it's their secondary that sucks Okay. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily believe in that Saints ranking because the Saints have been prone to giving up some yardage. They just haven't given up a ton of touchdowns. They've only given up one touchdown to running backs. I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's not like he has a, a easy schedule by any means. But and and in fact, the remaining games they rank 32nd. But I, I think that he has he has enough skill at this point enough and will get enough volume that he will he's a buy low
2: should be a winnable division too uh which again to me the that's kind of what you're looking for is those teams that are going to be in the mix late in the season and that are going to turn to the running game and i think atlanta kind of checks all the boxes there too uh, John, what about Saquon Barkley? What are you doing with Saquon? It sounds like probably an eight week absence with this high ankle sprain. Uh, the buy is in week nine, so we might not see him until week 10. Well, obviously
0: we're talking redraft here. I mean, here's the thing. I, I don't know who you're trading for. That's going to, when he does come back, he's going to come back week 10. Let's just say I'd want Saquon Barkley in my fantasy football playoffs. I, you know, I I don't want to get rid of him. I know he's going to come back healthy with – my, I, I think they want to keep him out all the way until the bye, which is a big part of the season. Hopefully you have a couple horses to get you through, a couple of other decent running backs. You know, I, mean, if you had Barkley one, you you probably had to go receiver rounds two and three because you figured you had a running back early in the draft. Um, so I don't know where you're standing on your – running back situation but i can't see trading him and i'm not sure what people would pay for her running back they're not going to have all year long either so he's got to be a hold
2: so i I got i got this wrong by the way the buy is in week 11 so you probably don't see him until week 12 at chicago
1: yeah i i don't i don't i don't know if i agree that's a hold i would be selling for what i can right now for redraft purposes and and honestly if they're out of it that early, I would not be surprised to not bring if they didn't bring Saquon back, uh, back for the entire season.
0: You know, I thought the bye week was week eight, so that's my mistake. That's a different story now. Um, and I think they said, uh, Ethan said earlier that it's a four to eight week injury, and it's probably closer to the latter than the sooner. So, if that's the case, you know, I, I guess it is a sell, but I'm not sure what man. What do you get for a Saquon? A hurt Saquon?
1: I don't know. I mean, would if, you, some,
0: if somebody said, "Hey, would you take carry on?" I mean, I I, I would take carry on in a heartbeat, obviously. But you think someone would give you carry on for a hurt Saquon? Somebody who's disgruntled? I, and-
1: I think it'll it'll depend on like if a guy has a good team and is willing to part with his some depth uh, because he can win without a, a given player and can hold Saquon. That's probably the only time that you will be able to. Um,
0: Who'd you ask for? Like you say you got Saquon. You want to get rid of him? Who are you? Honestly, are you like with?
1: I mean, and this is just because it's on the list, but I think I think Freeman's one that I would probably look into.
0: Uh, I would um, think you'd have a better chance getting like a on the list. Also, maybe a Chris Carson right now that's having a bad. Hmm.
2: What about Dynasty? So it, it, there there're going to be a lot of people who uh, are in a situation here where Saquon Barkley was really kind of the the entire the, the the catalyst for their fantasy team and it for their dynasty team. Um, I, I mean based on what it took to get him in the offseason and people paid that price yeah. There are a lot of cases where Saquon Barkley was kind of—he was the focal point of your dynasty team. And without him, it's going to be really hard to compete. So if you're in that situation, what are you doing with him?
1: You got to hold.
2: Really. What? What? What if somebody offers you three firsts?
1: Oh, okay. I mean, if he's offer if they're offering you value, mm-hmm. then yes, absolutely, I'm trading that. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying necessarily sell say, sell low even though, you know, compared to what his price was in the off season, he you're not you're not going to get that price again. I mean, we were seeing him go for, you know, 5x 6x you know, first round pick value. And and I don't think you're going to get that. I you probably weren't anyways, though.
0: I traded him away last at the end of last year. I traded him away. I got Devontae Adams in the super flex. I got Josh Rosen. I got, uh, which I thought was going to pan out a little better than it is right now. I got, uh, Dante Pettis, uh, Michael Gallup, and a first round pick for Saquon at the end of last year. So I was happy with that.
1: I hate the shit out of that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> well, because I don't, I mean, you're getting a lot of quarters. I mean, uh, yeah, that's my you that's, did get Adams. I but ugh, that's right. I
0: figured Adams and him were almost equal anyway, and the rest was all pretty mm-hmm. much, you know. I mean, I don't I think I got I think I got, got ninety five cents for a dollar bill, and then I got a bunch of, you know, possible the first round pick for this year. Um, um and then Josh Rosen, the super flex. I, I thought that he was going to I had no idea Miami was gonna do this teardown down it, they did so. I didn't, I thought he was going to be the future of Miami, which I don't know what's going to happen now, but uh, the, and then um, you know, I don't know, I thought Pettis is gonna be a little better than he is. I don't know what happened to him, yeah, but yeah, if I'm getting three firsts, I'm, I'm shipping Saquon off.
2: What is your price point stomp on Saquon in Dynasty right now?
1: Honestly, it's probably if you're selling them, you're probably selling them for. because you're going to start over Mm -hmm. um so for me i need a young wide receiver um and then plus plus uh first value so honestly
2: just one first
1: no i think a couple okay Uh, like and and mind you it depends on what what your value is but i mean i would probably want Two first on top of Adams for Saquon Barkley.
0: Wow.
2: Okay. All right. Yeah. That so yeah, I guess the point is his value shouldn't drop too much in the grand scheme of things, but it I I think it's a worthwhile move. I think you know it it like despite his value, I don't know that there was a good reason to to sell Barkley before the before the injury, but uh that's, that's why his value ended up at like six X values, but just because it, it, there's, there's not much reason to, to move him if you're a running back, you know, if you're a running back truth or the way I am absolutely not. Um, but now I think that there's, I, I think that his value is actually kind of leveled out with this injury. So he might actually be a, a sell candidate for me. Um, it, you know, in dynasty in particular, um, it by the, it, at the same time, he's kind of a buy for me uh, in, in both redraft and dynasty. If, you know, for a contender, I think that uh, I think that you want to buy Saquon Barkley on the idea that he does make it back in Week 12, I don't. I don't know that they just shut him down for the season for this. But I also think that Daniel Jones can keep him in contention, um, based on what we just saw.
1: So, Even when they're 0 and 3, I guess they're yeah. 1 and 2 now, aren't they? Sorry,
2: right.
0: Well, you're going to find out how bad Wayne Gallman is the next couple weeks. So, if he's not cutting the mustard, then. He, he, they're gonna need Saquon. Oh, I guess at that point in time, if they go zero and nine, or I mean, that guy knows how how bad they'll do. But if they win a game, let's say they go one and eight, one and ten, by the time it's time for Saquon to come back, I, I I can't see them saying, "Hurry up and come back in," so we can maybe win two more games. That's almost screwing yourself out of a better draft pick. That is screwing yourself out of a better draft pick.
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't know. How good that draft pick's going to be? Like I said, I I, I do. I, I
1: mean, I you already brought it up. Saquon is one of the difference makers at running back. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I just.
2: I, and now I, you've got a difference maker at quarterback. Finally.
1: Well, we've seen after one game.
2: We don't know.
1: He's a rookie. We have no idea. Here you are again, <laughs> arguing. About these small sample sizes being representative, John.
2: Man, you are a yeah. flip flopper. No, he's no, not I, a flip
1: flopper. He's, no,
2: he's I'm staying, staying consistent, staying true. <laughs> <It's just> stupid. <laughs> you call the things that I say stupid way too much. Yeah. By the way, well, I, get get smarter. I just spared everybody from a massive coughing fit. I muted my mic for the, all of that, so that was pretty smart of me, by the way. Uh, but it's also going to shut me down before I can really get into this argument with you. So we're going to move on to, uh, to Cam Newton, list Frank injury. Probably. <laughs> I mean, we've seen that keep people out for, you know, the, the majority of the season, if not the entire season. Um, We'll obviously talk with more with Ethan about this later, but if Cam Newton doesn't make it back in 2019, do we see him again in a Panthers uniform? Is part of the question here. And part of the question is uh, I mean, he's probably, to me, he's droppable in redraft. Yes. Super, even in super flex. I think that it's, he's, he's probably droppable at this point, unfortunately. Dynasty is a much different thing. I think you have to hold him. I don't think that you're going to get much for him, but I am curious if, if you guys have a contingency plan. Uh, as far as cam Newton in superflex dynasty
0: I already had Kyle Allen on my team so I'm I'm fine with that I don't know what uh I don't know what's going on with cam he hasn't looked good for a couple of years so i'm I'm not happy with him I'm not happy with him at all I wouldn't I wouldn't even I've passed him up in drafts in some startups this year so
1: unfortunately his ADP was not fantastic for, I mean, he was going too early for what his yeah. injuries were. Um, well, I, I guess fortunately for me, because I don't, I waited on quarterback most of the time. So I, I have one.
2: Um, I can't one believe you're going to brag cam. about that right now.
1: No, no, no. I, I have one share of cam, but um, I, and I'm not saying that I'm lucky or good. All I'm saying is he was going higher than I, I liked especially at the end of last season, especially after a, he injured himself in the um, preseason.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the foot's not even the scary part with Cam. I, I mean, it's not even uh, him changing his entire throwing style, trying to mask a possible shoulder injury is what scares me more than his foot. So I don't – I mean, he's getting – he's got upper body and lower body injuries, and and I don't think he does very well mentally when he has – you know, limitations that hold him back and he can't celebrate and dance and do the cam stuff, you know, the Superman stuff. I I think he, when he goes into a shell, he goes into a shell and if he's not having good games, you're going to see a lot more of him soaking around and not being able to,
2: you know, pick the team up and be the team leader that he is when he's winning. So how are you guys approaching him then for, for Superflex dynasty? uh again i mean there's a chance that we don't see him again in in a carolina panthers uniform what does that do to his value for you going forward
1: i I mean it's definitely got to drop it i I think you have to be concerned about his injuries i think the way he plays is starting to catch up with him and he's just not nearly as effective if he can't run the ball um so uh, i i think i think he has to be a hold right now but if but his value has definitely dropped um, for the near and for the future, further out.
0: I wasn't touching him before this happened. I'm not going to touch him again. I wouldn't. I don't think I even wanted him as my
2: second quarterback. I mean, in reality, mm, okay, that's just me though. So we're way over time as usual. I, I don't even know why I bother saying that anymore. Um, we might as well just just raise the bar and say. Uh, we're we're right on time we're right on schedule right now good job guys uh, by <laughs> by going by going later than we meant to uh so let's just get some quick thoughts on these last two situations these last two backfields from both of you guys so austin eckler has started off hot and every time that he that every every play he makes just takes away from the leverage that melvin gordon has as far as this new contract goes, we also know that Melvin Gordon is going to ultimately report to the Chargers. I believe it doesn't, he doesn't really have to until like week 10, something right. like that.
1: What was that now? Did you just make an assumption there?
2: What? What's the assumption?
1: What did you just say? You said we all know that he's going to report to the Chargers. I don't
0: know that. Well, he has to because he doesn't. Why wouldn't he? He, he, uh, he, he does not have to
1: do anything.
0: Yeah, but that would, okay, what he happens doesn't, then is that he loses an entire year. Yeah. Of
2: but that doesn't
1: know. mean that doesn't mean he's going to report.
2: Okay, so we're just uh, going to go through this again next year. Yeah. I know.
1: I don't know what's going to happen, man. I would expect that the Chargers trade him at some point.
2: That's what I think will happen. Why would they? They have no reason to. If you can get a first round pick out of them. Can you? I have no idea. I mean I, I I'm not think, making that assumption. I mean I think that <laughs> John. <okay. laughs> this, that's your job here, by the way. Yeah, be but your you, are, job.
1: you 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 are yeah. the one that's arguing against assuming things. That's the point.
2: I I'm I'm not arguing against assuming human behavior though.
1: What? no, no, but now you're assuming human
2: behavior. <laughs> God. I think it's planned to be here just tell me.
1: No, I just told you, I,
2: I, I'm not, t- I there back. are,
1: I think there are three options. Okay. He either gets traded, he comes back in week 10, or he doesn't come back and he gets traded. Um,
2: okay. And I don't think the two of those are realistic. Okay. That's fine. So, I mean, you can, you can approach it that way if you want Uh, me and me and John will have a Realistic conversation about what's likely. How
1: do we do realistic? Why is your <laughs> conversation more realistic than what I just said?
2: Because you're saying that he's not going to come back. I did not say that. I said there are three
1: options. But you're I'm not. I'm. I'm leaning towards he will be traded. But I'm not taking away that other option because I am apparently unrealistic. Ah. He's got two. More don't, don't you huff at me? You just said that.
2: Now it's my turn to say that this is stupid. There's you you know better than this. I know that you do. I don't you just what, want to I know better than you. what? To to think that he's not going to report if he doesn't get traded. Why why
1: is that? Why is that I know better? I don't know because, shit. I don't know shit right now because things have been reset since the Le'Veon Bell stuff. And that now was a we different have Antonio Brown doing crazy. I understand that. That was a that totally did, different but situation. But that had never happened in the history of the sport, correct?
2: Uh, not that I know of. But, exactly. again, it's a totally different situation. Uh, it's That doesn't even belong in this conversation.
1: It, it's unprecedented. <laughs> That's the point here.
2: We Some don't much, know what but... Melvin
1: Gordon is going to do. You cannot tell me for sure you know what Melvin Gordon is going to do.
2: <laughs> Can you? Uh I mean, uh, okay. There's a possibility that yes, Melvin Gordon sits out the rest of his oh, life. Oh, okay. That is—is uh, is that an outcome that's within the realm of possibility? Yes. Oh, there's okay. also a possibility that
1: that what that, that, you're gonna that you're uh, gonna be hyperbolic. There,
2: aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> I am. I'm trying to come up with something that I really like. Um, let me make a wish here. Like the. Uh, uh, like the broncos cheerleaders show up at my door with a bag full of No, there's not a
1: that is not a dollar no, bills. That's not a possibility. You were going to sure be Sure it you is. You went way over the top
2: with the hyperbole there. It's just as likely. <laughs> not just Gordon. So,
1: so now you're just going to be hyperbolic to try and <laughs> argue against me. Move on.
2: <laughs> I'm not the one who busted out the hyperbole. I'm not being high, is-
1: How am I being hyperbolic? This is apparently our fight show because we haven't talked in three
2: weeks. <laughs> I know. Maybe we need to to get together a little bit more often so that we can. There can be a slow burn on this stuff instead of just throwing everything at you all at once. Because you're being ridiculous. What What are you doing with Melvin Gordon?
1: Uh, I'm selling him if I can.
2: I'm selling him too. I what mean, about- I
1: I think in both in both instances I'm selling him.
2: Okay. What about? I, our- I just, sorry. Go ahead you're you're selling him if he gets traded or if if he does not is that what you're saying yeah um okay
1: and let me let me i don't know how old he is melvin gordon is 26 Yeah. so he'll be 27 ish when he's when he's um back or playing again i mean close to 27 Uh and he's he's had a a lot of usage in the first Four years of his career.
0: Yeah. Um, so and who's going gonna to say if somebody trades him, they're going to re sign him again anyway? Right. What, he's still got two years left in his contract.
1: Well, he got one year left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's only got one year left.
0: So the rest of this year and next year, but he wants to get paid now. So what? what no, no, he, he,
1: he doesn't. He doesn't. He's, yeah, he's, he's a free. If he returns when, whenever their buy is, if he returns for. At least half the season, he's a free agent next year.
0: That's not what I saw, but I guess that's maybe. He's in a fit. He was
1: a first, he was a first or a first round rookie. He had, he's, he would be playing on his fifth year option. Okay. Um, but I mean, he's got, he's got almost 900 carries. He's got over, or, 240 targets like he's got a lot of usage and he has not been the most healthy he missed four games last season he missed three in 2016 he missed two in 2015 so he's only had one full season under his belt so i i don't know if i trust him moving forward like he might have one or two more seasons but after that i don't know
2: yeah it's also tough to come off the couch and go play running back of all positions. So, I mean, to me, it. anytime these guys hold out, I, I there's an injury risk when they do come back. So, um, So I'm on board with that one. So what does that do for Austin Eckler, though, for you?
1: Well, I mean, I think his value is high right now. You would be buying high on him. I don't hate it. Because I still think he's going to be extremely valuable moving forward.
2: So it's um, probably more sell or hold with, with Austin Eckler. And, and I'm curious what you're doing.
1: I'm probably holding him um, mm-hmm. because of the reasons you stated with him just rolling off of the couch and, and playing football. Um, and then I, I, But I don't necessarily know what's going to happen moving forward. With Melvin Gordon, so I still, I mean, we we know Austin Eckler has standalone value, but if Gordon continues to be out for at least the next like six weeks, he could put you in a position to be in playoff, and I would rather have Austin Eckler right now, unless you can get like, I I mean, you would have to get like a carry on Johnson plus for me to trade him.
2: What about you, McLean? Yeah. What are you doing with Eckler? I'm holding him. I mean, you can't.
0: He's uh. You're going to get somebody that's equal value and he's going to get all the work. He's, he's getting all the work right now, the receiving work, the the running work. He's, uh, he's doing great. He's a hold for me. Definitely.
2: Okay. Um, One last situation to talk about here, the Packers running back situation where Aaron Jones got all the touchdowns. Jamal Williams got the majority of the touches and the had the better stat line um although i thought he looked like garbage and i know that you and i disagree on that one Stomp, and, so. and, and that's and that's fine um it, it, i mean it, it, that that part's fine um but going forward what are your you guys's thoughts on this backfield and what you're doing with those guys
0: I'm keeping Aaron Jones I mean I think he's a two talented running back to you know there's a threat every week about Dexter you know Dexter Williams at first was supposed to be his taking snaps away then Jamal Williams I, I think Aaron Jones is going to be fine
1: yeah I mean if anything after that performance and I don't think you're going to be able to buy low on Aaron Jones because he got two touchdowns but I mean I'm holding uh if not trading for Aaron Jones, because I think his value is a little bit down uh, right now because of the news coming out of Green Bay from LeFleur, and I'm selling high on Jamal Williams. I mean, Jamal Williams is one of the more valuable handcuffs, but I I agree with you overall, John, and you know this, that I think Adams or or, uh, um, Jones is the better running back more talented running back more dynamic running back um but jamal williams i felt looked good last week and if you can get value on that i would be selling high on
2: him
0: yeah i've been sending a weekly text to two people in two different leagues asking to get aaron jones how much you want for him how much you want for him and you know they're they're it's probably a bad move because they know that i'm stalking them for him but (laughs) you know it's I know what he's capable of, and I'm. I'd be, The running backs are hard to replace. They're hard. They're not. They're not that easy to acquire. You know. I, I understand that, but it's nice to have the good running back that you know, that you trust, that you know is going to put up solid performances every week.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I just I, I I agree with all of that. So that makes it nice and easy, so that we can wrap this one up. So, uh, but yeah, stomp. Uh, so I'm off next week. I'm not going to be on any of the five episodes next week. Um, so it's going to be a little bit of time again. But Stompy, you and I definitely need the podcast more often um, so that we can uh, we can get some of this stuff, get that pressure release. Like, like I said, it, in smaller increments so that we don't take up the entire episode and take up John McGlynn's time. He just sat there patiently through that whole thing
0: this i smiled and laughed the entire time so it was great (laughs) thank you guys
2: for the entertainment (laughs) (laughs) nice well make sure to check out tonight actually is the live show on uh uh, on youtube Um, you can send us your questions ahead of time at superflex show on twitter you can also uh, just join the live chat and ask the questions in the chat and the guys will be able to answer those questions for you it's going to be james the brain it's going to be Ethan Turner and it's going to be Brian Haar. Uh, and they're, uh, they can answer tra- trade questions. They can answer strategy questions, commissioner questions, whatever you got, fire it at them. And uh, they'll get some answers for you in real time. Um, and then coming up at the end of the week, we've got our start sits where Stompy, I believe, had a, a, a tough week three, but b- beyond that had been extremely accurate uh, to start the season um we haven't been we need to track the stats for for and for uh james too um but but yeah those those start sits have been accurate and have been extremely useful so far plus injury reports from ethan all of that is still coming up this week so check out every single episode five episodes a week of the super flex super show we're gonna wrap this one up here for the week and as we do that we'll ask you for a quick favor if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also subscribe to the DLF family of podcasts, the Mega Feed, and get access to all of the great podcasts from DLF. And once you're subscribed, if you give us a rating and review, not all podcatchers give you that option, but on the ones that do, those ratings and reviews help us to expand our reach, get out to a larger audience, involve more people in the conversation. And from there, we can really zero in on the topics that are the most useful to you, the listener. And in the vein of listener interaction, send us your trades on Twitter at SuperFlexShow. You can also send them to any one of us individually. Stompy's at FFStompy. McGlynn is at John McGlynn 75 and I'm at SuperFlexDude. And we can retweet them for you, help you get more votes and comments. Sometimes even bring them here on the podcast and obviously bring them onto that live show. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the song, the addiction that we use as our intro and outro music. And above all else, thank you to each and every one of you for listening. Until next week, stay sexy and super flexy.
1: I'm really sweaty from getting so up in arms.